details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. Watching this uh, Diamondbacks Rockies game right now. Oh my god! All right, I'm turning that off so I can do this podcast because that's just depressing. All right, right, welcome in another edition of Michael Graff in Exile is underway. It is Wednesday, April twenty eighth, twenty ten. A uh, very windy, sort of weird day outside right now. All right, the contact information for the program, as always, mike at kmgx.com. That's our email address. It's mike at kmgx.com. Just so you know, that's also our PayPal address. As I pop into the microphone, that's also our PayPal address. Uh, Mike at kmgx.com for your most generous contributions to the program. AOL Instant Messenger. You can always send me a message. The screen name over there is Michael Groff Show. And, of course, on IRC. If you have uh, Internet Relay Chat, you can always go over there to IRC. EFNet IRC. That's the network. The channel is Net Radio. And, of course, all of our other contact information, anything else Michael Groff related is always found at the one, the only... MichaelGroff.com Man I said I would turn the game off but Just to give you a brief summary The Diamondbacks get six runs in the top of the first inning The Rockies take this uh, That's uh they, they get the pitcher out of the game. The uh, Rockies get a run in the bottom of the second. Chris Benson, who sucks. I mean, the guy is just horrible. He gets injured. 
for the Diamondbacks, and he's out of there. And they bring in Leo Rosales. This guy is this guy is gas can squared. He comes in there and uh, does what he always does, and uh, just gives up hit after hit. The guy can't find the strike zone, and when he does, it's right down the middle. I mean. The pitcher, Belial, just got a hit a minute ago. It's uh, seven to six Rockies in the uh, third inning as I'm doing this podcast. That's why I have some some agita right now. Aside from the normal amount of agita that I, norm, that I typically exude on a daily basis here. All right, there. It's it's really off now. I'm I'm done. I'm really I'm really done. I'm not gonna watch this. I'm, I'll wait till the podcast is over. By then, it might be the fourth inning, and the Rockies will be up what fifteen to six, probably. Well, it is being played in Coors Field, so there you have it. All right, we have a lot of stuff to get into. There's there's a million things going on, and as you know. There's a lot of news that happens. There's a lot of stuff that some people think is news. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, all these other outfits. But really what matters is what I think is news. Here are the stories that are on my radar. People are idiots. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. But lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Groff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. There were so many things going on, so many bizarre stories, so many relevant, you know, big-time news stories that are being covered everywhere. A lot of things happening. It's hard to narrow it down, but... Somebody's got to do it, right? Number seven. First of all, did you see Congress dragging Goldman Sachs guys up yesterday? Did you see this this shamockery that's going on, this Travis shamockery? See, I know this is a battle between Main Street and Wall Street. That's the cliche. That's what everybody keeps spouting. Really... Do you know the the deal with Wall Street? Do you know who uh, has a majority interest in Wall Street? Do you know who has the majority of their money in Wall Street? You and I! We can talk about billionaires. We can talk about fat cats. We can talk about people that made a lot of money because they, they gambled or they hedged their bets and bet against bad loans that were being taken out. But let's face it, the people that have all their money tied up in the stock market are you, me, and everybody else. People that have 401ks, investments, retirement plans, anything like that. So this this us versus them mentality, it's kind of silly. I just feel, uh, when I watched that yesterday, it's like you have congressmen that have no idea how the financial industry works. They just know that a bunch of people lost a lot of money and they need somebody to blame, so they're going to blame Goldman Sachs. Well, it's a lot deeper than that. Try having just a little bit of introspection. Try having just a little bit of knowledge. Please, somebody in Congress, use their friggin' brain. Republican, Democrat, Ron Paul, somebody, use their brain. Number six. Actually, Ron Paul does use his brain, but the problem is nobody supports him. 
Uh, number six, a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. We had uh, game seven last night, NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, round one, Detroit hammers Phoenix, six to one, in a game that wasn't even that close. Uh, I, I really can't stand the Red Wings. It's They're like the Yankees of the NHL. Also, uh, NBA playoffs continued. The Lakers go up three games to two. Boston and the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, they end their series with the Bulls and the Heat, respectively. And uh, San Antonio, they can't put it away. Dallas comes back. They win big by uh, 22 points last night against the Spurs in Dallas. Game six in San Antonio. The Spurs may just close that out. Bob Euchre, the 40-year voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, He's uh, having surgery on his ticker coming up on Friday. I love Bob Uecker. If for nothing else, just for Major League alone. But, I mean, he he does a great job with the Brewers. I mean, it's too bad he's the announcer of the Brewers. Number five. Well, we have a lot of oil in the Gulf, so let, I've got a solution. All this oil that's been spilled in the Gulf, let's just light it on fire. That's actually not my solution. Somebody else has proposed doing that, but maybe it's time to fight oil with fire. Well, I guess if you just burn it all, that'll get rid of the problem, won't it? Oh, you mean that might create more problems? No. Well, well, we could just try something else. Number four. Obama says no. He actually said no to something that involves spending? Oh, wait. It's for relief for the victims of uh, the weekend uh, tornado devastation across the South. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hypocrisy alert incoming. So, wait. The victims of a devastating storm are not getting the help they need from the government. Well, this sounds kind of familiar. So Obama is not helping out the people of Mississippi and Alabama and Arkansas that got devastated by the tornadoes over the weekend. Is it safe to say that Obama just doesn't care about white people? Number three. Spain needs a bailout. Yeah, that's right. Spain needs a bailout and they need one pretty soon. Just another European nation that's crumbling under its own weight. This isn't really a surprise. The euro is uh, not holding up like it should in these European nations. Uh, A surprise. Socialist government not working out so well. Entitlement programs are bankrupting the country. Is anybody watching this as a potential example for what we need to be looking out for here? The Germans may have to bail out the Spain, the Spaniards. They're already bailing out the Greece. The Greeks, rather. I'm just getting very fired up here. But who's going to bail out the Germans then? Hey, it's a fair question. Again, I'm just saying this this should be a, a red flag a beacon warning you of what's to come here in the United States if we don't reverse this trend right away. Number two. Two. 
a restaurant, restaurants in San Francisco, they want to look at the idea of combating obesity. Now, we've heard all sorts of wacky ideas from places all around the country. They've uh, New York City, for example, leads the charge in wackiness uh, from cutting trans fats to banning salt. Uh, pretty soon, we'll just, you'll have mandatory calorie intake. And if you try to exceed that, you'll be locked away in jail or thrown into a fat camp or something. Well, in San Francisco, their idea is, hey, let's let's start combating obesity against children by taking out toys in fast food meals. Like, So, you know, when you used to get a Happy Meal, I know when I was a kid, you used to get a Happy Meal and it would come with a toy. Are they going to stop that? You know what I think would really help combat obesity? If fat parents wouldn't take their fat kids to McDonald's. Uh, there's an idea. Number one. Number one. All right, a lot of stuff here. Immigration. Still continued talk uh, surrounding SB 1070 here in the state of Arizona. The state of Texas wants to adapt this law. They want to make that part of their own. Everybody's still calling it racist. Everyone's saying it's unconstitutional. Do you realize, once again, I have to beat this drum. It's the same bill that's on the federal books. It just makes it so that police are able, local police are able to enforce current immigration law, which they already could before anyway. I support the law. Though... I don't think it's the most effective way of taking care of the situation. Certainly, we're going to get into it again. Another aspect to this. San Francisco wants to ban travel to Arizona. They want to boycott Arizona. And a California lawmaker says that California just shouldn't do business with Arizona. Well, that's a great idea. I'll tell you what, I'm going to do you one better. So you know how we have this big old Colorado River that flows through Arizona and it supplies a big chunk of power for Southern California? What if we turn that off? Oh, all of a sudden you need Arizona, huh? Yeah, here's an idea. Shut up. I just... The mindlessness of lawmakers and people... It must be an election year, wouldn't you say? Oh, my goodness. Uh, We have all of that and more. Plus, a lot of weird stories involving, uh, well, we got got to do tons of stuff. All right. Well, those those are just some of the stories that are currently on my radar. All right. Who needs billion-dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? All right. Look, I I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. If people from Southern California don't come here, people from San Francisco don't come here. If they decide that they don't want to come to Arizona and uh, have their conventions and bring their liberal whacked out ideas. If people from America's Granola Bowl, the land of fruits and nuts and flakes, decide suddenly they're going to boycott Arizona. I can see right now the Grand Canyon State is quivering. The few people that decide that they're not going to come here because of our law. Well, we're going to be offsetting that cost by the fact that we're chasing a lot of illegals out of the state. All right, more coming up. 
Michael Graff in Exile will roll along after this. And now a long-distance dedication to our friends in California here. Here's something for you. Take this on the road. We'll be back. of reality and common sense you found it it's Michael Graff in exile back with segment number two on a Wednesday April 28th 2010 here we are I just got a blast of hot air did another person from San Francisco open their mouths about a boycott oh it's just the air conditioner kicking on I don't know it puts out like two minutes of hot air Insert another political joke here. I thought it was you. All right. Keeping with the theme, I, I mentioned this on the top of the show. I have to I have to continue this. This is just This is what happens when people try to combat situations in the wrong way. See, here in Arizona, we're trying to do something about illegals. In California, they're worried about obesity. In other other, uh, uh, states across the country, they're worried about obesity as well, and they try to combat it in most unusual ways. Let's just put it that way. For example, uh, the the banning of trans fats um, from restaurants in New York, and they want to stop the usage or minimize the usage of salt. It's ridiculous. How about, well, of course, we're not going to have any kind of personal responsibility or advocating that maybe people just watch their own health Uh, people are still going to eat crappy. Even if you take away their trans fats and even if you take away their salt and even if you try to have extra taxes on soda and pizza and beer and chocolate, people are still going to do what you don't want them to do. Well, in California, they have a great idea. A California county is stopping restaurants from using toys to lure children to high-calorie salt-laden, fatty foods such as popular Happy Meals hawked by fast food giant McDonald's. Elected officials in the county of Santa Clara in the heart of Technology Center, Silicon Valley, south of San Francisco, voted Tuesday to enact a ban to fight an obesity epidemic sweeping California and the United States. Quote, this ordinance prevents restaurants from preying on children, uh, on children's love of Toys to peddle high-calorie, high-fat, high-sodium kids' meals, said Ken Yeager, who is uh, the county supervisor behind the ban. Quote, this ordinance breaks the link between unhealthy food and prizes. County public health officials 
that spoke in support of the ban at a public meeting blamed fast food for being a factor in soaring obesity rates, threatening American children with diabetes and shortened lifespans. Quote, obesity is literally an epidemic, County Public Health Director Dan Petticord said in regards to the uh, Board of Supervisors. Quote, if food meals sold in restaurants contain too many calories, high fats, high sugars, high sodium, and are attached to uh, an incentive item like a toy, this is part of the environment we make our decision in. The ban is to take effect in 90 days unless major fast food chains and the state restaurant association successfully pitch a better solution. It will bar toys from being offered with meals that don't meet a set of basic nutrition standards. Uh, Harlan Levy of McDonald's was part of a fast food restaurant contingent that turned out to oppose the ban. Quote, it substitutes the county's judgment for the judgment of parents, Levy told the board. It does nothing to address a holistic response to the problem. For example, the ban doesn't change um, sedentary lifestyles that have children sitting, watching television or playing video games, Levy argued. Quote, it's parents, schools, exercise, walkability, but it, um, it also, uh, the endless promotion of toys that are tied to unhealthy meals that is particularly to blame, Yeager said in response uh, to the issue. Quote, it is unfair to parents and children to use these toys to get them hooked on eating high-calorie, high-fat foods early in life. So what California is saying, at least what this guy, uh, Mr. Yeager, is saying, that if you put a toy in a fast food meal, if you put a toy in a Happy Meal, it is an enticement for children to eat said Happy Meal. Now, I think what is an enticement is the fact that, number one, the parents have used McDonald's as a substitute for giving their kids healthy food. Two, the fact that it generally tastes good. And oh yeah, by the way, there's a toy in there. Like, do you think if you put a toy in, uh, in, in some spinach and some lima beans and a nice uh, salad, do you think the kids would all of a sudden go, man, I can't wait to have a, a, some spinach and a, and a nice chicken Caesar salad? A grilled chicken Caesar salad, by the way. Yeah. Do you think that children are going to go nuts over that? Oh, boy, with, with these celery sticks, I get a toy. With carrots and broccoli and cauliflower, they're going to give me a toy, a little robot. Kids aren't going to go nuts over that. Going after the toy, this is, once again, this is what happens when, quite frankly, when you let the liberal mindset take over. The idea that you blame the product, you blame the condition, you, you don't blame the actual cause. You blame the item, the object. How about blaming the parents? If you want to combat obesity, you want to do something about obesity, how about encouraging people? This is ridiculous. I mean, what's next? Why, why stop there? What you really ought to do, I, I, have, a, I have a great idea. I, because this, this guy from McDonald's, uh, he says, uh, Mr. Was this Levy? Levy? He says that um, 
the, the toys really aren't to blame. You know, you, you should go after the parents and everything like that. And that uh, he, they say that they want to have the, uh, the Restaurants Association and the state come up with a better solution. Well, I'm going to save them a whole lot of time. The solution is let the parents decide what's going to happen to their little snowflakes. All right. Let the, let the parents decide for their children what health they want to provide for their children. There. Taking the toy out. They're still, the parents are still going to buy their kids McDonald's. They're still going to buy Arby's and Wendy's and Burger King and Whataburger and everything else under the KFC. God, I'm making myself really hungry right now. Oh, my God. I'm starving. Look, so you're going to have all of these conditions. You are going to have to deal with the fact that parents are still going to buy this. Whether or not there's a toy in there is an incentive. It's ridiculous. You know, this is, again, it goes, it, this is the same kind of argument. People go, oh, let's take away the guns. That'll stop the crime. Uh, no. How about the reason that people commit the crime? How about the reason that people eat the McDonald's? How about the, re- you have to look deeper into these issues. We're actually wasting tax dollars on having a city council meet to decide to get rid of toys in a county, it, it, getting rid of toys in fast foods. That is what your tax dollars are going for. I can't imagine why California is in a what? What are they in? A a 19? What's, what's, the, what's the debt they have there? Their debt is, uh, it's something tremendous. Billions and billions of dollars they're in debt. All right. Wasn't their deficit last year alone $19 billion for the state of California? It's the, these are the kind of things that you come up with. Meanwhile, a Republican Texas lawmaker plans to introduce a tough immigration measure similar to the one passed in Arizona, a move that state Democrats say would be a mistake. Representative Debbie Riddle of, of Tumal said that she will push for the law in the January legislative session According to Wednesday's um, edition of the San Antonio Express News and Houston Chronicle, quote, the first priority for any elected official is to make sure that the safety and security of Texas is well established, said Riddle, who introduced a similar measure in 2009 that didn't get out of committee, quote, if our federal government did their job, then Arizona wouldn't have to take this action and neither would Texas. Now, of course, this is being met with, oh, look at this. Now we got Texas that's hating on brown people. That's the kind of, those are the shouts that you're hearing from the left. Once again, the usual talking heads are trying to, they're trying to drive a wedge in. They're trying to be very divisive and they're trying to incite people by saying this is hate against brown people. And that's exactly what you're doing. When you oppose this law, what you're doing when you say things like it's, a, it's hating on brown people and it's racist, these are ad hominem arguments. They have absolutely no substance whatsoever. And that's what happens when you've got nothing. When you, when you can't bring anything of substance to the table, you use an ad hominem argument. You call somebody stupid. You call them a racist. You say that they're just hating on brown people or you do something to otherwise obfuscate the issue 
and detract from the real problem here. And this is a real problem. Illegal immigration is a real problem that is not being handled by the federal government. It's not being handled properly by most state governments up until this point. The citizens are unhappy. Their elected representatives have been told by their constituents, hey, do something. And on the federal level, they're being ignored. The constituents are being ignored. So on the state level, people in Arizona decided, hey, we need to do something about this. We're finally going to step up to the plate. We're going to have a law. Now, listen, is it is it exactly the measure that I would have put forth? No. We already have an employer sanctions law that's on the book here in the state of Arizona that goes after employers who hire, who knowingly hire illegals. Unfortunately, it doesn't go far enough. It's it's kind of weak. This is another measure. It It, it is sort of putting a Band-Aid on a uh, on a gaping wound it's not really what you need to do it it helps it's nice but it's not really the answer we've talked about what the answer is many times the answer quite frankly is to turn off the free stuff the answer you don't need to have a fence you don't even need to have military at the border although it's it's okay simply it's turn off the free stuff it's stop the employers from hiring illegals make it so it's a crime to do so and make it so it's a very very tough penalty if you are caught doing so once you start doing that and the job market dries up you don't need a fence you don't need military you don't need more border patrols sure they're nice and i have no problem necessarily having uh, some some uh, personnel posted at the border. I think that's fine. I think that's absolutely necessary, especially in this era of terrorism and people sneaking into the country for nefarious purposes. And I'm not just talking about drug dealers and gangs. I'm talking about people that, well, like the people that snuck in here and committed those atrocious acts of 9-11. The people that came in here from Egypt and Saudi Arabia and Jordan by way of Mexico. That's how they got into this country in the first place, at least some of them. That's how they got into the country in the first place. So with that kind of a porous border being there, yes, you need to do something about the border. But if you turn off, if you stop the incentive for people to come here, they, by and large, will stop coming here. I will assure you of that. All right, now... um, but for the other side to say that this is racist, again, there is a federal law on the books that says the same thing. Immigration and custom enforcement officials have the ability to look at, uh, to uh, is, examine a situation, to look at, uh, look over people and determine uh, whether or not they want to go after them because they believe that they're in this country illegally. Arizona has an obligation to the people to protect its sovereignty. The people have elected government officials to carry out their wishes and they want them to do so and they are doing so. Whether you like it or not. All right, now, San Francisco has responded. Mexico has responded. Mexico is, is issuing travel warnings against coming to Arizona. Good! Good, it's working then. If Mexico is telling citizens don't go to Arizona, that's good. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be stopping people. It's a disincentive to come here. What that tells me is 
it's working. This is actually working. It's having a, an effect. It's having a desired effect. The problem is, is you have people on the left that are that are really politicizing this issue and they're saying it's against brown people. If you're a legal citizen, but you're a, you're a Mexican or you're or you're from Ecuador or uh, or uh, El Salvador or Panama, if you're here from uh, from uh, the Dominican Republic, you're you're in the United States illegally, or you're you're here legally. You're a legal citizen, but you're from one of those countries. You need to be afraid. You need to be very afraid. They're going after you. They're going after you if you're dark skinned. If you're if you're one of these brown people, as they they keep saying. If you're one of these people, you better be afraid because they're coming after you. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Could not be further from the truth. Those people that say that, number one, didn't do their homework. Number two, they're using this as a wedge issue because it was passed by conservatives. Had this been passed by Democrats, they'd be all for it. They'd be just fine with it. But because we're in an election year and because you've got Obama out there who's trying to rally the troops, he's trying to get blacks and Hispanics and every minority out there to rally against what he feels is, number one, the racial injustice that's going on here in the state of Arizona, the misguided, as he called it, the misguided law of the state of Arizona. He wants to get those people out there to continue. That's fine. He can, he can play the race card if he wants. He can get people to rally. That's fine. But using this as the wedge issue and using this as a political issue, this is not political. This is not about left, right. This is about right and wrong. This is about people coming into the United States. And, and what we're doing is we are, we are, what we have done is we have created employers have created a second class of citizen because of this. They have hired people illegally, pay them cash under the table. Number one, you're cheating the IRS. You're cheating the United States government out of tax revenue. You're cheating Americans out of jobs. And don't say to me, well, Americans wouldn't do these jobs. Well, of course, Americans aren't going to do the jobs for $3 an hour because that's below the minimum wage. And that's not legal. But you see, these guys that hire illegals, they don't care about the law. They care about the cheap labor. And they have friends in Congress that agree with them. And guess what? Those friends in Congress are both Republican and Democrat. So problems across the board. So that's why it's not a left-right issue. This is a right and wrong issue, and it is costing this country dearly. We don't care about immigrants. We don't care about people coming over here legally. We care about people that are coming here illegally. Although, quite frankly, I could make the argument that right now, given the current economic climate, we have enough people in this country anyway. We have too many people in this country. But that's another topic for another day. And I'm being a little bit flip about that, really. But truth of the matter is, the illegal immigration problem is hurting this country. It is hurting our economy. It is driving up crime. The crime statistics are here. And people that try to refute these crime statistics, again, the Department of Justice, local, local uh, departments, they put these crime statistics up. 30% of crime committed in Maricopa County is done so by illegals. I saw a headline that was, that was just incredibly amusing the other day. I believe the, the headline was, 
Law makes it a crime to be illegal immigrant. <laughs> New law makes it a crime to be illegal immigrant. What? Yeah. Uh, duh. It was a crime to be an illegal immigrant before. That's what people miss about this. It's a crime to be in the United States illegally. And now, of course, this little, wow, what do you want to do? Do you want to round all these people up? Is that what you want to do, Mike? Well, look, I know we can't round every one of them up. But we can start by throwing out all the criminals. We can start by throwing out the people that have come here and committed crimes. Uh, we can start by people that have come here and committed murder. Well, guess what? They get to have zap, zap, the death penalty. They can be dealt with. People that have come here and committed armed robbery. They're out of here, man. They don't need to be getting three squares a day. They don't need to be sitting in our jail system. Now, of course, this, the minute we throw them out of here, they're going to come back, right? Yeah, well, that's why, uh, that's why you put them all the way in southern Mexico. You make it really hard for them to get back here. And you say, listen, if you come back here again, it's really going to be bad for you. Because people that come here and commit crimes, those are not people that want to just have an honest day's work. Those are not people that just want to come here and, and help out and just help out their families. Those are people that come here to commit crimes. They're here to be bad. The people that join the drug gangs and drug cartels uh, that are all over the place. Like in Juarez. Like down in Nogales. Down there. It's bad news down there. Don't tell me that it's all about this altruistic, oh, they just want to come here. And yeah, a lot of people, they want to come here and work. And they're not here to intentionally damage the economy. Of course not. Most of them aren't. But if 30% of the crime that's committed in Maricopa County is done so by illegals, that's a problem. And even if it's, even if let's just say, let's just say it's 5% of the crime. Well, wouldn't you want to enforce the law and reduce the crime by 5%, let alone 30%? Wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, it makes sense to me. Unreal. I think anybody that opposes this law and people that oppose this, they don't get it. They, they, see, the problem is, and I, and I say this, I've said this many times, and so forgive me for repeating myself here, but People that are against this law and uh, that they don't get it, um, it's on both sides. Democrats and Republicans don't want to have a real discussion about illegal immigration because Republicans will be exposed for wanting illegals in this country because it's good, cheap labor and it helps business. And Democrats will be exposed because they want illegals in this country so that they can increase their voter base. They know that if they get people on the path to citizenship here that shouldn't have come here in the first place, that shouldn't be here in the first place, they know that by and large, they'll vote Democrat. By and large. It helps their voter base. And the people that are here legally that are sympathetic to illegals, that helps their voter base. It's about power for them, and it's about money for the Republicans. So you see, both sides have a stake in wanting illegals in the country. It's only a daring few that actually are looking out for the best interest of the United States, because if you look at what happens 
When you have entitlement programs left and right, guess what? Guess what you become when you keep having entitlement programs all over the place? You want to know what you become? You become Greece. You become Spain. And you see what's been happening. That's right. Spain's now in it. Europe's debt crisis has now spread into Spain. <clears throat> A major credit agency downgraded Spain's credit rating even as Germany grudgingly moved closer to bailing out Greece from imminent collapse. Chancellor uh, Angela Merkel said that Germany would speed up the approval process and could have its share of uh, a euro, of a, uh, let's see, a 45 billion euro joint bailout from other European countries from the International Monetary Fund for Greece rushed through Parliament by next week. So they're going to give Greece 45 billion euros to help bail them out. Do you want that to come here? Listen, I'm not fear-mongering. I'm telling you exactly how it is. If you put 12 million or whatever the figure, 12, 15 million people on the path to citizenship right away with the comprehensive immigration reform that we keep hearing, if you do that, you will instantly create a second class of citizens in the United States. And let me tell you something. History shows that if you, uh, if you have a second class of citizen, or, or in this case, really, what would be a third class of citizen, that, that underclass eventually rises up. The underclass does not like to stay the underclass for long. Now, you're, now you can say, well, Mike, you'll, you'll, you already have that underclass as it is now. They're just not legal citizens. That's right. That's right. That's why you have to be proactive and do something about it. Number one, you get rid of the criminals. That's the first thing you do. After that, you, you have to start seriously looking at him. You see, you go after the employers and people will leave on their own. You don't need to grant amnesty. You go after the employers that hire them. Boom. Merkel's remarks and a promise for finance minister Wolf, Wolfgang Schäuble uh, that the package could be signed, sealed, and delivered, provided Greece promised uh, provided Greece uh, promised to uh, toughen its um, its policies. This helped shore up confidence in the markets that the country would not suffer a disastrous default that would make borrowing more expensive for governments across Europe. But the downgrade for Spain and a lack of clarity about how much money Greece will really need unsettled investors again. The IMF's managing director, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, would not confirm reports that he had uh, told German parliamentary deputies that Greece would need 120 billion rubles over several years. Uh, rubles, euros. Sorry, I, I, a Freudian slip. Pretty soon the, the uh, euro will be as valuable as the ruble. A lot's at stake. Some say that the very future of the euro project hangs in the balance. At the very least, a Greek debt default that could also tear holes in the balance sheets of uh, European banks holding Greek bonds. Again, now with Spain falling, with Spain having these same issues, it's going to drag down the entirety of Europe. It's going to drag down the euro. And it could hamper our own economic recovery here in the United States. 
Again, proof. How, how did Greece get in the situation that they're in? Well, you could say that the United States may have uh, played a role, and I, I guess that would be um, sort of an elementary or rudimentary answer. But the truth is, you look at Greece, you look at Spain, you look at many European countries, and they're all structured the same. Their infrastructure is all built around a government. It's all built around a socialist economic policy. And because of that, because they thrive on a socialist economic policy, they will live and they will die by it. You keep handing out entitlements. Socialism only works until the rich run out of money. I wish I could take credit for that quote, but unfortunately, that's Margaret Thatcher that said that. So it's a, it's a very good one. Socialism only works until the rich run out of money. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's also the PayPal address for your most generous contribution to the program. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And, of course, for more of the needs that you may have of this show or of Michael Groff in general, there's always MichaelGroff.com. All right. Still have a lot to get into. Big news on Wikipedia I have to talk about. Obama says no to helping out victims of this past weekend's devastating tornadoes. Wait a minute. There's a hypocrisy alert in there somewhere. You can imagine where we're going to go with that. And naturally, there's a lot of other stuff that I still want to talk about. Oh, I got to look at the pop chart, too. We have to take a look at the top 10 songs in the world of pop. That's all still coming up. You know where we're at. It's Michael Groff in exile on a Wednesday. Uh, we ought to do this show every day. Oh, wait, we, we kind of do. More coming up. Stay tuned. You can look at the menu, but you just can't eat. You can feel the cushions, but you can't have a seat. You can dip your foot in the pool, but you can't have a swim. this in the bumper rotation. Back with segment number three, Michael Graff in exile on a Wednesday. Mike at KMGX.com. The email address is Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. You can donate to this show. Oh, this is inspirational. Yeah. Why didn't you way down on Baker Street? Lighting your head and dead on your feet Well, another crazy day You drink the night away And forget about everything It's a great song, it really is This city desert makes you feel so cold I think we 
do we still have I, I have to check and see if we still have the Foo Fighters version of this actually that's a great version anyway um, AOL Instant Messenger Michael Graf Show is the screen name Also, uh, michaelgroff.com for all of your various Michael Groff show needs. You're trying, you're trying now. I, I like to download that podcast, the guy that sings to them 35-year-old songs. I, I like that. Happy, you're crying, you're crying now. I feel like we should do a coast-to-coast -coast AM bit whenever we play this, though. And now, coast-to-coast -coast AM with George Nuri. I'm not doing that. Not today. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, here. Hold on. Wait a minute. Here's the... Uh, Here's the uh, Foo Fighters uh, version of Baker Street. Here we go. I think this is a, I think this is a great version. It's, it's different. I think the old folks in the audience who like Jerry Rafferty are not going to be a big fan of this version, but. I love it. I love the Foo Fighters, though, so. You have to appreciate it on a different level, kind of, but. As I pump the volume into the red. Now I'm hearing a bunch of people in the audience go, I like the original better. I don't. I don't like that there. Too much electric guitar and overdrive. Hey, if you think this is bad, then just wait till we do the pop chart coming up in a few minutes. Yeah, that's coming. This is kind of a wild story. The parent company of Wikipedia is knowingly distributing child pornography. That according to the co-founder of the online encyclopedia says that he's imploring the FBI to investigate. Um, bitter party of one. <laughs> 
That's kind of what it sounds like here. But maybe the guy's got a case. Let's see. The guy's name is Larry Sanger. Now, he's the co-founder of Wikipedia back from 2002. And he says that the parent company, Wikimedia, is knowingly distributing child pornography. He's imploring the FBI to investigate. Uh, he says Wikimedia Commons, uh, who owns the Wiki products, including Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wiktionary, Wiki News, and Wiki Quote is rife with renderings of child, child, children performing sexual acts. Sanger sent a letter to the FBI earlier this month outlining his concerns and identifying two specific Wikimedia Commons categories he believes violate federal obscenity law. The first category, entitled Pedophilia, contains 25 to 30 explicit and detailed drawings of children performing sexual acts. The category was created three years ago. Now, the second, which is Lolicon, provides cartoons similar in detail and depiction. One of the more egregious cartoons shows a rendering of a young child about to perform oral sex on a much older man. Quote, I wasn't shocked that it was online, but I was shocked that it was on a Wikimedia Foundation site that purports to be a reference site, said Sanger, who is now involved in educational projects like Citizendium.org uh, uh, and Watchno.org, which are nonprofit directories of videos for students' grades pre-K through 12. Wikimedia Commons is owned and hosted by the California-based Wikimedia Foundation. Quote, I think a lot of teachers and education technologists responsible for the filters at public schools don't realize how much and what level of pornography there is in the system. I'm quite sure that if they knew there was pages devoted to pedophilia, it might make them think twice about giving students unrestricted access to, in schools to Wikipedia. Wikimedia's general counsel did not respond to a request for comment. And, uh, well, no surprise there. After numerous phone calls and emails with an FBI spokeswoman over the span of three days, and despite multiple requests by the FBI for more time, including a weekend, uh, to reply to requests for comment, the Bureau on Monday refused to say whether it is investigating Wikimedia or following up on Sanger's allegations. Sanger says he's been looking for explicit content after realizing uh, during a mailing list discussion with other educators uh, that most of them had no idea that Wikimedia had content that might be deemed inappropriate for students. So he's, he's trying to seek this out and point this out to people. Um, obviously, you've got a guy that used to work there and he um, it's coming across as maybe he's bitter, but hey, Wikipedia might be involved in child porn. Now, I do want to say this. There was a controversy a couple of years ago. I can't remember, but two, three, four years ago now, maybe, where there was a an animation. can't remember if it was like a cartoon or maybe even CGI of, of um, children having sex or something like, or it was, uh, it was some kind of depiction like that. It was sexually graphic in nature and it depicted children. And the question was, is that, number one, is it illegal to view it? Is it illegal to have on your computer? Is it illegal in general to have that depiction? And the answer is no. A cartoon 
cartoon child pornography. Uh, as far as I know, and, and please, uh, if you're planning on drawing a cartoon depicting children having sex or depicting, uh, you know, a NAMBLA convention or something like that, and you say, hey, man, that, that Groff on his podcast said that it was okay. As far as I know, it's okay, but don't don't uh, take my word as law on that. But I remember we did a story on this show about that some time ago. This is one of those things I have a, a vague memory about because I, I do remember that it was it was not something that was being settled in court necessarily. It was something that was being debated by legal scholars. And I, I remember the overall consensus was that cartoon depictions of children, even graphically, uh, even like overtly sexual in nature, is not child pornography because it's a cartoon. So... But uh, again, if you get thrown in jail for it, uh, don't say that I'm the reference here because I am not a legal scholar by any means. I am not a lawyer. I don't even provide marginal legal advice like Bill Handel. I'm just here uh, telling you some of the things I've uh, read about. All right. Now, here's a real big shocker. And uh, I actually mean this. I'm not I'm not actually being disingenuous. I was shocked when I heard this. Barack Obama, President Obama, has denied aid to individuals affected by March's massive storms. And uh, Governor uh, M. Jody Rell said that she plans to file a formal appeal. The decision comes just days after Obama approved the state's request for a major disaster declaration, which provides financial help to state and municipal governments in Fairfield uh, Middlesex and New London counties. Storms uh, that plagued the state, especially those counties from Mar uh, those uh, yeah those counties from March 12th to March 14th and March 29th to March 31st. Rel was looking for help for homeowners, renters, and employers. Quote: The storms that battered our state last month left a trail of astonishing devastation in their wake. They. Uh, crushed cars, homes struck by trees, week-long power outages, and staggering flooding, Rell said. People and businesses all across Connecticut were left with millions of dollars in damage. They need help. Rell called the decision disappointing and has uh, started gathering information to file a formal appeal. Quote, I have directed our state emergency management officials to immediately gather whatever information may be needed to further support our application for assistance. I will also work with our congressional delegation and with the Federal Emergency Management Agency to continue pursuing the matter until all avenues have been exhausted, she said. A survey was conducted that identified 1,315 homes in the five counties with damages totaling $5,262,100 in estimated housing assistance needed and other needs assistance as well. Rell's broader request also looked for help for Fairfield, Middlesex, and New London counties, as well as New Haven and uh, Wyndham counties. The Small Business Administration determined that 116 businesses were affected with estimated damages of $5,359,250. Barack Obama to all of them says no. Well, isn't this interesting? Now, if you look at these counties in Connecticut, uh, this is, well, this is some substantial damage that went on from uh, massive, from severe storms uh, that affected the area. 
uh, late last month. And uh, interestingly enough, they're not going to get the help they need. And now this is getting a uh, wonder whether or not uh, people in the South are going to get the help they need following the massive tornadoes. Now, this happened, how long ago did this happen? This happened, well, March uh, 29th, well, March 12th and March 14th, that's like a month and a half. That's almost two months ago. March 29th, March 31st, that's like three and a half weeks ago now. Now, I, I, forgive me if I'm rehashing something, but wasn't President George W. Bush heavily criticized for a uh, perceived slow response time to Hurricane Katrina in the wake of the devastating hurricane that not only just destroyed New Orleans, but uh, also affected other parts of the Deep South, like uh, Biloxi and places like that. Wasn't there a, a massive fallout from that? Uh, wasn't, uh, uh, <clears throat> as I recall, there was even calls of racism and uh, the media was just outraged. The president uh, did not respond in a timely fashion and that the full resources of the federal government did not seem to be utilized to help these people. And yet here we have people in the Northeast in a, let's just say a more white community that have been devastated uh, by uh, these uh, storms the last several weeks. And they're not getting the FEMA assistance. Some of these folks went weeks without power. Damages well on up into the millions. 116 businesses, well, they're out of business. And yet, they can't get the help they need from the president. And what I want to know is, how come we're only hearing about this now? How come it's taken this long for the media to even latch onto this? And you'll notice that in this article, they only addressed the president responding to this or the president in this once. Meanwhile, if I go back to my news archive here and we look back to uh, early September 2005, we're going to get a completely different uh, scenario here. Isn't that interesting? Once again, more uh, evidence of media bias. This, I know you're going to say, well, wait a minute. You're talking about an entire city, an entire population of 250,000 people that were affected. This is affecting, you know, several counties, but the, the damage is not nearly to the extent. Yeah, but these are still people that need help and they're not getting help from the federal government. And there's still a, there's been no response for the last four weeks. And the president has just denied any help to these people. Are we saying that people in Connecticut don't need help as much as people in New Orleans? Are we trying to uh, say that one strata of people needs it more than others? I can tell you, had this gone on in New Orleans, I'm pretty sure the president would have been down there right away. The photo ops would have been going. The media would have been down there saying, oh, look at the great job the president's doing. Chris Matthews would have had another thrill going up his leg over the whole thing. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever, that that would be going on. My problem here really, more than anything, the president, you know, he says yes, he says no, that's fine. My problem is the media. Where is the fairness in reporting this story? Where is the balance? Where is the accountability? The same accountability, the same standard that you held George W. Bush up to you're not holding this president to the same standard. And that's my problem with this story above all else. I want some objectivity in the media and I'm not seeing it.
I know. I have way too high of an expectation for the media in this country. The sycophant, in the tank kind of media. The the very biased. The And I'm, I'm going to call them the liberal media because that's how I see it. And, and when you don't report this story, when it takes, well, March uh, 31st, we'll just go from that day. Okay, strictly by the calendar, that's 28 days ago. That's four weeks. You go four weeks from then till now and we're and still no help for those people. I mean, everybody complained that it was four days for the FEMA response in New Orleans. This is four weeks for, for some people that have lost their business. They've lost their homes. Yeah, it's not quite the same amount of people. But the damage is still there. These are still a lot of people across, what, three or four counties in Connecticut that are still experiencing losses. I'm sorry, but maybe you need to hold the president to the same standard, the same level of accountability that you held the previous president. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We can't do that because, well, this president's a Democrat and the one before was a Republican. I'm sorry. I I forgot about that. Well, now I know the rules of the game. Okay. I get it. We can move on now. I got you. Oh, brother. Joke. All right. Speaking of a joke, it's that time. Time to take a look at the top 10 songs in the world of CHR Pop. These are the most played songs, the 10 most played songs on top 40 radio stations across the country. And, well, just to keep up with the sake of tradition, let's see. At number 10, it's Timbaland featuring Justin Timberlake. This is Carry Out. God, I, I really do. Sometimes I really do miss the 80s and the 90s when, you know, the chart actually had mostly good songs. Only a couple of songs were clunkers, but here's another one that sucks. At number nine, it's Kesha, Your Love Is My Drug. She just like talks through her songs and... The studio can do amazing things for vocals sometimes, as you may know. Number eight is actually a real song by a real band. They're like an Irish group. I actually really dig this tune. I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. It's the script with Break Even. Just pray to a God that I don't believe in. Cause I got time while she got freedom. it's a great song 
There's actually a couple of good songs on the chart this week. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, number seven is not one of them. Yes, that's right. The song I rant about pretty much every week and the song that pretty much annoys me every week. It's Lady Gaga featuring Beyonce with Telephone. It is infectious. <laughs> of course I know the words. Number six is a great tune. It's back to back ladies on the uh, on the chart. Of course, this is a uh, this is a band. It's Lady Antebellum. Love this song. It's Need You Now. It's a That's right. I got an email. People said, I can't believe you like this song. I admitted it last week. I said, I, I, I'm into it. Number five, it's Teo Cruz featuring Ludacris, by the way. This would be Break Your Heart. Now, I may not be the worst or the best, but Yo. you got to respect my honesty. Uh, and I may break your heart, but I don't really think there's anybody as bomb as me. Luda. You take this chance in the end, everybody's going to be wondering how you do. Uh, you might say this is Ludacris, but Teo Cruz, tell her how you feel. Yeah. I don't know anybody that likes these kind of songs. And I'm kind of happy that I don't. Can you imagine if you lived with somebody that was like blasting this music all the time? They were sitting there going, oh man, turn that up. Like people that are seven like this kind of music. It's the kind of music that makes a parent go bald and gray. Yeah, my kid's blasting that Teo Cruz and Ludacris song again.
for is B.O.B. Uh, Bob or something, I guess. This is nothing on you. Oh, girls all over the world. I could be chasing, but my time would be wasted. They got nothing on you, baby. And the feminization of the culture continues unabated. Impregnating some ladies, uh. All right, number three, again, a real song by a real band, a real musician. Crappy drum machines and crappy synthesizers not allowed. I dig it. It's uh, Pat Monahan and his band Train. This is Hey Soul Sister. Number two, and very aptly called number two, it's Jason Derulo in my head. Jason Derulo. I'm glad he says his name, otherwise I wouldn't be able to tell his song from any of these other ones. Everybody's looking for love. Oh, ain't that the reason you're at this club? Oh, you ain't gonna find a dance with him. Oh, I got a better solution. Jason Derulo. And somehow making it to number one. And uh, oh, the audience demands the drum roll, so we have to do that here. All right, number one on the chart. The number one song on the pop chart for the week. Ugh, it's Rihanna with Rude Boy. Four seconds in this song annoys me. And that is a look at your pop chart. All right, moving on to the Michael Croft Show stupid news file. A Continental Airlines flight was diverted to Greensboro, North Carolina yesterday after a threatening message was written on the bathroom mirror. FBI agents and local police were on the scene of the park jet. They, they landed the jet. They had to divert the jet. They landed it at this airport. They isolated it to a remote spot. Uh, police, FBI, they got on the scene where the jet was. They questioned the 45 passengers and three crew that were on the plane. An FBI spokeswoman in Charlotte did not immediately return calls seeking comment. Quote, Continental and Express Jet are cooperating with local authorities, Continental spokeswoman Christian, uh, Kristen David said. 
but apparently somebody wrote a, a message talking about the possibility of a bomb on board the plane. So they landed under the condition of extreme caution. Yeah, probably some asshole's idea of a joke. And then it conveniences, uh, you know, 45 passengers and um, all the crew. And uh, that's that's lovely. So there you go. That's that's huge comedy when you write a bomb threat on the bathroom mirror. Now, this is going to tell you the very fundamental differences between men and women. And this story will illustrate exactly why women are basically nuts. Now, before you jump all over me, listen to the survey. All right. <laughs> this is almost I, I can actually envision this, though. <clears throat> A third of pet-owning married women said that their pets are better listeners than their husbands. This is according to an Associated Press PetSide.com poll released on Wednesday. In a somewhat nutty subnote to this, 18% of pet-owning married men said that their pets are better listeners than their wives. Well, actually, I can kind of believe that. Christina Holmdahl, 40, talks all the time to her cat, two dogs, or three horses about her husband naturally. Quote, Whoever happens to be with me when I'm rambling, said Homedahl, who's stationed with her husband at Fort Stewart, Georgia. A lot of times I'm just venting about work or complaining about the husband. She thinks everyone should have a pet to talk to like her horse, Whistle, who's been with her since she was 19. Quote, we all say things we don't mean when we're upset about stuff, she said. When we have time to talk it out and rationalize it, we can think about it better and we can calm down. And um, see both sides better. Or you could just accept the fact that your husband's probably always right. It could be a toss-up whether Bill Rothschild would take a problem to his wife of 19 years or the animal he considers a pet. A palm-sized crayfish named Cray Aiken. His daughter brought it home four years ago at the end of a second grade science project. Rothschild, 44, at Granite Springs, New York, considers Cray a better listener than his wife. Quote, absolutely, she doesn't listen worth anything. He doesn't get much feedback from the uh, crustacean, but it's been a different story over the years with family dogs and cats. Quote, you definitely feel much more comfortable sharing your problems with them, he said. A little lick from a big dog can go a long way. Over about, overall, about one in 10 pet owners said that they would talk their troubles over with their pets. The APPetSide.com poll also found that most people believe their pets are stable and seldom struggle with depression. Just 5% of all pet owners said that they had taken an animal to a veterinarian or pet psychologist because it seemed down or in the dumps. Even fewer said that they'd even uh, given antidepressants to a pet. Can you imagine? But they weren't opposed to the idea. 18% of those polled said that they were at least somewhat likely to take a pet to a vet or pet psychologist if it was dejected. When pets become the therapist, the dogs have, uh, the dogs have it, with 25% of dog owners saying that they, um, their canines listened better than a spouse. Well, only 14% of cat owners chose the feline. Ron Farber, 55, of Hoxie, Kansas, said that it's easier to talk to his dog Buddy than his wife because, quote, the dog doesn't have an opinion. 
Quote, I think better out loud. He doesn't care what you say or do. He looks at you, pays attention. You walk through the problem in your mind and eventually the answer comes. It's not as easy when other people are offering opinions, he said. Farber would take Buddy uh, to a vet if he needed help. But, quote, I doubt there's a dog psychologist within 300 miles. Well, it's Kansas. If a dog's feeling depressed, why don't you just give it some beer? That's what he do around here. <laughs> Karen Manderbox, 38, has tried drugs for her dog, Kenzie, a, uh, what is this, a Shiba Inu, who is afraid of thunder. She sits and full body shakes. She tries to climb the walls. She'll hide behind the couch. She gets freaked. Yeah, uh, pets get afraid of thunderstorms. That's just what they do. I mean, come on. You know, after reading this story, never mind, women, I think just people are nuts in general. You're all nuts. Talking to your dog, talking to your cat, because... I don't even mind the people that talk to their pets. I mean, I think talking to your pets is fine. I think when you say that your pet is a better listener than your spouse, maybe that's why the divorce rate in this country is 51%. What do you think? Damn it. I, I can just see it right now. Two people, you know. Damn it, Betty. I'm tired of it. You know what? Bessie the cow listens better than you do. Hey, I'm going to go talk to her about my problems. Now I'm going to get intimate with her, too, because, you know, she's better than that than you, too. She doesn't bitch that I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> you're all crazy. Frankly, you're all nuts. <laughs> I can't imagine why there's so many relationship problems in the United States when people would rather talk to their pets than their spouse. Well, I'm just talking to you. I just won't talk it out. <laughs> you know. All right, and uh, speaking of weird pet stories, well, this is not exactly a weird pet story. This is just weird in general. When Jacksonville police arrived to investigate a burglary at Bonnie Brook Veterinary Clinic Tuesday morning, what they found was a surprise. An 18-year-old man was sleeping soundly under a blanket at the clinic's break room. Nearby were two syringes, evidence that he'd injected himself with xylazine which is a drug used by vets as a sedative for large animals, according to veterinary assistant Lee Ann Moody. She reported the break-in to police. It appeared the man had made himself at home, she said, sampling food from the office refrigerator and watching TV. Quote, he took one of our laptops and was watching porn and taking pictures with it with our camera, Moody said. Oh, and this... Now this is the part where the story really gets weird. Quote, The laptop was closed at first and went, and we thought maybe he had been looking up how to take the drugs, but then we opened it and, well, that's not what he was doing. Roman Angel Salinas of, of Hannyville was in the Jacksonville City Jail Tuesday afternoon charged with burglary, uh, Police Chief Tommy Thompson said Salinas was still drowsy at mid-afternoon from the drug. Moody said that uh, she wasn't sure how the man got into the building. Quote, there was a busted window and door, but the door was still locked. 
The only way uh, someone could break in is after, uh, or the she says, the only way I knew someone broke in is uh, after I walked in. I noticed drawers open and um, they were rummaged through. Our drug room door had been pulled open. Using the drug could have potentially been deadly, Moody said. It's not known how much of it was actually used. Quote, it could have made his heart stop. I don't think he knew that. Luckily, it just knocked him out and made him go to sleep. Officers had to shake Salinas awake. He was being held in the jail with uh, no bond Tuesday afternoon. Police were waiting for him to rouse fully, Thompson said. He apparently had broken in, taken horse tranquilizer, watched porn, ate some food, masturbated, and then went to sleep. It's amazing the lengths guys will go to to watch porn and to get off. It's it's weird. You know, women don't have nearly that kind of drive. <laughs> they just, generally speaking, women just don't commit these kind of... This is This is a guy crime. If you give me, if you make me an odds maker, this is a hundred to one. This is going to be a guy that commits this kind of crime. Name the last time you've ever heard a story about a woman, a woman breaking into a veterinary clinic, stealing horse tranquilizer, shooting herself up with it, eating some food, watching porn, masturbating, and then dozing off. Obviously, I, clearly the guy wasn't thinking. I mean, he was thinking with his ween. I mean, we know this. We all know that after you masturbate, you kind of feel stupid afterwards or you kind of, you, you feel like, oh, well, I don't know. That just, I don't know if it was really worth it because, you know, if you ever watch a lot of porn, if, if you're one of those guys that you have to do a whole setup, this is another reason why I don't, you know, generally watch that much porn. It's because it's just, it's too much of a setup. You know, you sit there and you, you have to set it up. You go to a website or you have to load in a DVD or whatever you're going to do. And then you get to a part that you like and then you're like, okay. And then you have to go and, and get something to clean up with, generally speaking. And and you're like, okay, now I have to position myself right. And I have to make sure nobody's around. You know, if, if you live with somebody or if you don't, you're like, oh, I don't want to sit in front of an open window and do this. I got to have my, my own space to do it. And, and then like afterwards, you, it's like I, I went through like all this setup for just a few seconds of pleasure and now I feel really stupid because I, I've got porn in front of me now and like after you're done, you have no interest in the porn. I mean, there's there's absolutely no interest whatsoever. And so you feel like, well, you feel like a complete jackass. Like what was this guy, like after he finished, what do you suppose this guy was thinking? Well, that's probably why he took the damn drugs so then he really wouldn't care. That would be the only motivation I would think to do that. But then don't you think maybe, well, obviously not thinking, but wouldn't you think maybe, gee, it probably wouldn't be a good idea for me to doze off in here because if I do, uh, I'll, I could fall asleep for too long and then somebody will come in the next morning and they'll see that I'm in here and, you know, I'll be covered in, in my own, you know, in my own man goo and they're going to walk in and, and see that I'd been doing uh, whatever it was, xylazine. And that I was watching porn and, oh yeah, and, and worse yet, you know, I could have potentially killed myself. Guys really are stupid. Women are nuts and guys are stupid.
that's if you learn nothing else from the show today, that's what you really need to learn. Women are nuts. Guys are stupid. Guys are legendary stupid because this is only this is strictly a guy crime. It's guys that break into barns and screw animals. It's guys that break into veterinary clinics and take horse tranquilizer and watch porn. There's something about the the penis, the testicles that that causes a guy to really get dumb. How long had that guy gone without sex? Because, and I'm just thinking, like, how long till I snap? How long till that happens to me? You know, I'm 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 sitting here at uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, ten months. All right, whatever. Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Graff Show, the screen name. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show. You know, Mike at KMGX.com is also our PayPal address. Want to send a little little donation our way to the program. We would really greatly appreciate it, and we thank everybody that's done so. It's Pledge Drive here on the show. We're gonna, we're, we'll have to do a Pledge Drive podcast maybe uh, in the summer. Go to a casino, throw a big old party. Use it as a tax write-off. We could use the Michael Steele principle and do that. All right. Anyway, we're back uh, tomorrow. Another edition of uh, Michael Graff in exile will roll your way then. Thank you so much for joining us. MichaelGraff.com for all of your other relevant Michael Graff needs. And see you next time. Good night, everybody.